This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As a mom, vegan of 20 years, and entrepreneur, I need a lot of energy. And I turned to Athletic Greens to help me out. Athletic Greens is part of the daily nutrition regimen for thousands of top performers, professional athletes, and health-conscious go-getters worldwide, including USA cycling and endurance athletes. So I knew I would trust them. It's developed from a complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. And it's a comprehensive all-in-one greens powder engineered to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet and support your body's nutritional needs across the four pillars of health, gut health, immune system, energy, and recovery. And these are all things that I'm super interested in. I put a scoop in my smoothie in the morning, and it feels amazing to know that I'm set up to feel my best and sustain my energy all day long. Try for yourself at athleticgreens.com slash lit yoga. That's athleticgreens.com slash lit yoga and get lit up. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Hi, welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you ask the questions and we answer as you might hear, this is Kristen speaking and not Laura. Laura is out on vacation. She is in Tanzania with the animals on safari with her mom. And so I have a special guest here with me today. We have invited my partner in crime, my yoga honey, Rana Griffin. Welcome, Rana. Thank you, Kristen, so much. It's so great to be here. This is my first time on the podcast. Did you know that? I did not know that. That is so exciting. I know. <laughs> All these years, this is my first time on, so I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you're welcome. So if you guys don't know Rana, you've uh, if you're on the Lit Daily, you know Rana because she is on there with us as well. If you've gone through our teacher training, she runs our teacher training. She is our director of education and programming. Rana and I actually went through teacher training together back in 2014. 
So we have been together a long time, been with Laura. Uh, we are the three musketeers. So she is a perfect fill-in for our fearless leader while she is away. <laughs> so Big shoes to fill. <laughs> they are big shoes to fill, but uh, we've got this. So, mm -hmm. all right, we are going to dive right in. Let me put in my put on my old lady glasses here. Love it. So our first uh, question came through our support at LitYoga.com from Rhonda, who says, Hi, I found you on Instagram and I attend a yoga class at my church. I am curious about wrist strength or lack thereof. I'm five foot 10 and overweight, but even when I was, even when I wasn't, I have a lot of wrist pain when doing things like tabletop, cat cow, anything that requires having your hand on the mat. I've tried using my first, my fist instead, but that hurts the fingers. Do you have any advice for me? And so let me just say, Rhonda, you are not alone. Um, when it comes to wrists and yoga, they go hand in hand when it comes to pain, when it comes to injury. In fact, uh, you know, injuries were one of the first things that introduced me to yoga as a physical therapist. I started getting a lot of patients and I'm like, what the heck are they doing in these classes? And, you know, we are bipedal. So we are built to bear the most weight through our foot and ankle. Um, that being said, we are also able to crawl, climb. So we need mobility in our wrists in order to bear the weight of the wrist. So a simple thing that you can do to really determine if you have enough wrist extension, you know, when you have your hands on the ground, you should have what we call 90 degrees of wrist extension, which is when your palms are down like in a tabletop or a cat cow. So if you bring your hands together in prayer, which you did say, I think you do uh, yoga at your church. So you're familiar with the prayer position. Your elbows should come out to the side and you should be able to create a 90 degree angle between the back of your hand and your forearms. And so if you guys are watching us on YouTube, you can look at Rana and she's got more than 90 degrees, maybe like a hundred degrees. Um, I'm right just about at 90. You can even see maybe my right hand has a little bit more than my left. My left is one that tends to sometimes get a little aggravated. It's no wonder I don't quite have that mobility. You can also check your wrist flexion by flipping the palms to face or fingers to face down and allowing the back sides of the hands to meet. And so normal flexion and extension is about 90 degrees. And so if you are limited there, weight bearing through the hands is going to hurt, right? So yeah, um, so a couple things you can do. You know, we really want to make sure that the way you have your hands down can affect how the weight is being distributed. Because I'm curious as to whether your pain is on the inside towards the thumb or the outside towards the, the, the pinky when your palms are down. Um, the most weight bearing occurs where the radius, which is on the thumb side of the forearm, connects to the carpal bones, which are the, all the bones of your wrist. It's called the radiocarpal joint. And so a lot of times people, they'll come to my class and maybe their fingers are turned out a little bit or they're turned in a little bit. So the first thing you want to do, Rhonda, is make sure that your wrist crease is parallel to the short side of your mat. That can help with um, making sure that you're bearing the weight evenly distributed. Secondly, if you noticed in that prayer position that you didn't have that 90 degrees of extension, 
walk your hands forward a little bit. So you're not going into so much compression through that wrist joint um, because you're going to strain those, those soft tissues. Uh, I have struggled with this. I would say, you know, sometimes I do fists that can doing a whole lot of fists can bother you. You can also come up onto fingertips, believe it or not. Fingertips keeps can keep the wrist a lot more straight. So I will do that. Whenever my left wrist is bothering me, I will be on finger pads or I'll switch. I'll go palms, part-time, finger pads the rest of the time, just so I'm not always bearing weight through that joint. And then finally, you can use something like a a dumbbell or something that you can grip where again, you'll be keeping your wrist um, nice and parallel or straight. It's called zero degrees. And then, but you're not weight bearing through the knuckles. So those are some ideas off the top of my head. Rana, what do you have to suggest? The other thing you were talking about something uh, to hold on to or to move your hands forward is that they do, um, you know, even uh, if you were to take one of your towels, that if you bring a towel to yoga class, something that you can place underneath the palm that will just decrease the amount of extension. That's something that I always recommend to clients. Um, if if something comes up immediately in class, blocks can also be a really nice thing to put underneath. One of the things I like about a block is that you can kind of grip it a little bit. And so you can really you can really see that wrist crease lining up to the short end of the mat, and then you can kind of grip with your fingertips. And so it doesn't always feel like you're just going to slide right off. And that's one of the things that I like about a block as a prop for that. Um, the other thing that's really important is just remembering to warm those wrists up all the warm those wrists up properly. Kristen, I know you have a wrist warm up series on YouTube. Um, and that's great. And so there's lots of things that you can do. And I, you know, not trying to pull from yours, but like circling your wrist is one, stretching out your wrist, kind of feeling that wrist extension. Um, you know, give yourself a little TLC, a little wrist and forearm massage before you start class. Like just paying attention to those things to warm it up, but then also take care of it. Um, and like Kristen said, like oscillate between palms down, between fists between fingertips, grab a block. I think finding that adaptability uh, of what props will work for you at any given time is really valuable. The other thing to think about is often as when we're experiencing something in the wrist, there can be other things further up the chain. So really thinking about like where the scapula position is on the rib cage and that, that kind of gets a little bit more like disconnect. It's connected, but um, it, it makes it kind of a bigger thing to investigate. But if you continue, if you try the wrist warm up and you're trying props and things still aren't resolving, that's when I would start to investigate a little further up and see if like you can get a little bit more scapula engagement, which will just provide some more oomph and core support to help unweight the rest a little bit. So yeah, no, I love that. And you just, when you mentioned the YouTube, um, I think I also have on there and these are all free to the public. So if yeah. you just go to YouTube, look up lit yoga method and you can subscribe to us there. I think I also have on there a, a, a free, um, short video on how to modify for your wrists. I think it's, I think that's on there because I do have, I have a six class series on Lit Daily called Weightless in the Wrists because there are a lot of people out there like you, Rhonda, who, who really, and even sometimes I have to you know do that where I'm not weight bearing through the wrists. I come down onto forearms, even in my cat cow, just mm -hmm. to get out of that. I come down on a love forearm. good forearm cat cow. That's the best. Well, they feel good anyway, right? Still so good. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, check out our YouTube channel. We, I, I do have the wrist warm up on there where I give a lot of great exercises like Rana described. 
Um, and then I do believe I also have on there uh, how to modify your practice for your risk. And that can be a game changer. I've had people write and say, you really helped me get through um, that time where it might be aggravated. It sounds to me, Rhonda, like you've got something that's more chronic. So I would work on that range of motion with some of those things that um, I talked about. Um, and then the strengthening stuff that that uh, Rana talked about. You, there's all sorts of ball gripping, you know, mm. things like that, that just yeah. building up that strength um, yeah. can help and see what happens. But you always have the modification. That's the beauty. Th- the beautiful thing about lit yoga is we say modify to your body. Don't make it fit. So if you got to walk those hands forward, walk your hands forward. If you got to lower the forearms, lower the forearms. You got to lift on your finger pads, lift onto those finger pads and keep practicing because we all know we feel better with some yoga in our life. All different customizations. I love the fact that we can customize our practice to uh, to meet where our body's at on any given day. Yes, because it will change it, from day to it day. It changes from even my day to day. It's like, oh gosh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So our second one here also came to us through our support at Lit Yoga. So always remember you can reach out that way. Is from Michelle Ray. She says. I am recent. I recently am having heartburn issues when practicing lit. I don't have a history with reflux, and this is all new to me. I did experience with food. I did experiment with food options, and no food pre-workout, including supplements. The reflux symptoms were inconclusive. I might be creating too much abdominal pressure during a lit workout. Not sure. Is this normal in a workout? Thoughts and ideas on ways to minimize reflux. Rana, did you want to start with that one or do you want me to go? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. Um, It's starting at the same time. And Michelle, forgive me because I don't know how long you've been practicing. But is it, you know, it's also we we can go through seasons of reflux. And I don't typically have it, but every now and again, and uh, it does happen. And so is it possible that it just happens to be flaring up for the first time for you while also starting your lip practice, I don't know, or at a point in your lip practice. So they very well could be related, but they could not. This isn't, however, the first time we've heard this question about reflux in a lip practice. And so one of the things that I would want you to investigate is when during your practice do you feel it happening? What is initiating it? If I had to take a guess, it would be probably when we're supine on the floor and or in some form of inversion down dog component. Um, But that's in order to truly like break into what's going on in your practice, I kind of need to know where it was happening in order to be able to help you with that. Um, But I could make some recommendations if it wasn't supine, what I would recommend. So, and it depends on is it happening in core work, et cetera. So I can keep going off of that, but Kristen, do you want to hop in? Yeah, no, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, we because we do start on our back. Um, if and and it, Michelle, it sounds like you don't ne- you know normally have reflux, but we're starting yeah. on our back. We go into bridge, which is bringing the stomach above the you know the esophagus. So there's your you know gravity. If and you know if your sphincter, which is a muscle, if it's if if, if it's just for whatever reason. Um, a little bit lax or um, just prone to not staying closed, 
Well, so we get you on your back, we get your hips up, then we do abdominal work where we're kind of crunching everything up. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we go into dolphin. So, you know, it is, it's a lot of inversion as a part of our starting up. So Mm -hmm. what we have seen work well with people is, you know, taking the breaks. Maybe you do bridge, and then you come up to a seated position. You come up to hands and knees, or you do instead of a bridge lift. You know, you come into a chair if you're watching on on YouTube. You know, and do some glute pulses here. You're so you're you're staying with your that. And so I had my hands in the back of a chair, and I was just lifting up um, to see if that might change. Or you take breaks. You do one set of abs. And then you come up to sitting, you Mm -hmm. take a water break, you go down, you do maybe your supine twist in sitting. Mm -hmm. Then you go to your second set of abs. You come back up to quadruped. Maybe you don't do dolphin. Mm -hmm. Uh, You do. uh, Yeah. So something else that, that keeps your, isn't always getting that stomach content above Right. Your esophagus, yeah, because that is what I would guess. Because most likely, then you get into your practice if you've already aggravated it in mm-hmm. the reset. You know, some of that stomach acid comes up, gets a little irritated, and yeah. you're stuck, right? Because uh, it sounds like you've done the right things. The first thing I would have said was, "Don't eat anything." Yeah. You know, well, you've tried and really haven't seen any change, mm-hmm. so. It could be something that you want to explore further with, uh, um, you know, with a GI doc, because you might have a little bit of a weak sphincter. That's not uncommon. Um, And then that you don't, that you would never notice on a regular day because it wouldn't affect you because you aren't. Up and down and up and down. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in your practices, minimizing the standing Mm -hmm. split, handstand hop, you know. If those are, if you notice, wow, it's a, it was a handstand heavy cl- a class. I'm really more, more yeah. aggravated. Yeah. And I was going to say, even in, so if you wanted to do an alternative to bridge, um, the, the quadruped with bending the knee and glute pulses that way is another great way. If you're in like a public class, I mean, I'm not sure if you're going to public classes or, oh, you're practicing on lit. You could be in a public class depending on where you are um, or on lit daily, but coming into quadruped may be more accessible than a chair, depending on where you are in space um, and to do those glute pulses. And um, the other thing I was going to suggest is in core work, maybe try experimenting with not lifting the head and shoulders up and really just feeling that exhale at drawing the ribs and the abdominals in to kind of get that core engagement, but without the, the trunk flexion. And you can still from there do any arms and legs things that we're doing. Um, and you're really just using the end of that exhale to help brace the abdominals and really hold everything in. So those were going to be the two other things that I was going to say is like ways to modify your practice a little bit so that you can experiment and see does, does, does doing one of those or any or all of those support, um, you know, uh, reducing the amount of reflux that you're experiencing. And the other thing, this is what happens. We start riffing off each other. The other thing, you know, kind of like when we work with, um, you know, pregnant women, mm-hmm. getting a bolster. Yes. So you can do your ab work with, you know, on an incline also. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if you are in person, a lot of yoga places have yeah. bolsters that you could get, which would bring your head above your hips. Yep. You can do your core work there, your bridging there without 
Yeah. So you set like a, a block up long ways and then tall ways, and then you lay the bolster over top. So the blocks act as a support to kind of, um, so that the bolster isn't just like a pillow, um, yeah. but it actually makes that incline for you so that you aren't um, on your back as much. Yeah. So give that a whirl, Michelle, and you can let us know how yeah. it goes. And, and, and if that doesn't work again, I would say you might want to see a GI doc or, yep. or you could reach out to either Rana and, and, and I via um, Instagram, send a video or, you know, or give yeah. us more information. We, we are happy to yeah. give, uh, take that further. Rana, I'll, I'll have you give out your um, Instagram handle at the end. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So we have another question here from our friend, Charlie B. Barking. Oh, um, yeah. So she says, do you have any recommendations or anecdotes for helping to prevent neck issues in surgeons so that they can have a long career? My mom was diagnosed with three herniated cervical discs in a row at the age of 42 and had to retire from surgery. Like me, she is hypermobile. So that definitely contributed to things. I told them this to highlight the importance of establishing a good posture routine so that they can prevent long-term damage. This might be a good topic for the Wednesday podcast for you and Laura. And so, um, first of all, you are absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's interesting when we're thinking about any type of profession like surgeons, yes, especially if they're they're looking down all day, dentists, dental hygienists. Uh, scientists looking into a microscope, you know, the job description is not going to change. You know, you're a surgeon, you've got a job to do. You're a scientist, you've got a job to do. The key is what you do off the mat. And so that is the problem we're seeing now, especially with the cell phone, with the tablets is so we have these people who are looking down and then what do they do? They go home and they look down some more at their phone. So it is of utmost importance for this group of people. And you might be, it could be any type of job. If you are sitting at a desk all day, and then you decide that your exercise of choice is going to be biking or cycling, you're just sitting more, you know, you're just flexing at your spine more. So finding something to do where for that neck, you know, doing the triple S, working on those chin tucks, working on your posture, getting up against a wall, you know, drawing back in space, working on your upper back strength, working on your upper back mobility, all of these things that we can do off the mat to and on the mat. So on the mat and then also out of the surgery room right. to counterbalance what we're doing. We think of these world-class athletes rowers that Lara works with who are in the boat hours a day, when she brings them on the mat, she's not going to have them doing that same thing. She's going to have them doing just the opposite. So we're finding neutral. We're strengthening out of those provocative positions. Now, especially her aunt, her mother, her uh, mother who is hypermobile on top of it, that's like the double whammy because, you know, hypermobility we all look at these pictures of these yogis on Instagram and be like, oh, I want to look like them because it looks so pretty and flexible. Really, hypermobility and hyperflexibility is just as bad as being super stiff and, and, and 
and tight. So we are at, a, at two ends of the spectrum, you know, the pendulum where we, so what do we want to do with these people? Bring them into the middle, work on neutral, work on stability, um, and, and work in the opposite, you know, motion. So they're bent over flexed. We want to get them extended. We want to get that, those ears back over the shoulder. We want to get the butt, the chest open. Yes. We want to get the butt working. Rana, what else do you have to add to that? I, everything you said is exactly what I would say. I think that, um, it would really behoove us to, um, in our healthcare system to care for, especially post-pandemic, to care for our health professionals even more and to that they're, you know, I would love to see lit yoga in every single hospital, right? As my my cousins and I see you nurse um, in California and just like seeing her body posture hunched over patients all day. I'm like, girl, you, you need to find triple S. And so it would be nice if, you know, there was a way that we could, uh, you know, I'm just putting this out as like a thing we can bring into existence, you know, but to, to have something, a program that's supportive of our healthcare professionals, because a lot of us, they're so educated in their, you know, narrow field that they probably aren't even thinking about the ramifications and or what to do about it. So that's where we truly can collaborate together to help um, so that they can, you know, be have a long career, right? Laura always says she wants to be doing handstands until she's like 80 or 90. She wants to be able to be getting up off the floor. And, you know, we want that longevity in whatever it is we're doing. So it's a matter of kind of looking at what we're, and I think we're more open-eyed now and more inquisitive about why am I feeling the way I'm feeling um, rather than just accepting it as fact. So, um, you know, uh, Charlie, to your mom, to any healthcare professional, ask those questions. What can I do to help, um, you know, bring myself back to neutral after my workday so that you can go back to your job the next day and still feel as vibrant and excited to be there? Yeah. And, you know, interesting when you mentioned the healthcare professional, Rana, I was thinking um, earlier this, or maybe last year, end of last year, I had a private with a woman who, who, who was a surgeon. I mean, she is a surgeon. Um, and then pandemic. So she spent hours on her feet in surgery, walking, doing rounds. Mm-hmm. Pandemic hit. Suddenly, n- you know, nothing's happening. Now yeah. she's the medical mm-hmm. director of a, of a hospital. So she's much more sedentary. She's like, all of a sudden, it's plantar fasciitis. It's, you know, all of these issues. She's, what in the world? I'm not doing half of what I was doing. It's like, well, therein lies your problem. Mm-hmm. You know, our bodies can really adapt to what we do all the time. And in any sudden change, um, if we don't do something to ameliorate that, that quite frank overuse. So hers went from, she was actually very well trained to walk to suddenly an overuse of sitting. Mm -hmm. So everything tightened up. Um, You know, it was fascinating to, you know, work with her to, to, to get her back into, um, you know, tip top shape, which, yeah. you know, granted she was a surgeon, could talk to her easy and she lickety split, you know, took care of that. But, you know, our bodies really tell a story they do. of what we do all day. And so for her mom, you know, 42, having three, you know, cervical discs just really told the story of too much forward flexion, you know, not it's- enough strength, not enough um, counterbalancing 
what yeah. she's doing. And, you know, I get it. She's a mom. She's got kids. She's a full-time, you know, surgeon. It to, you know, if only we could spend all the time in the world to, to address our, our, our yeah. health issues, but you know, we whatever can always, we can help people right. do off the mat yeah. is, is key. And it's easy to, you know, for us sitting on the side of the screen to be able to be like, oh, just do this and this and this. Um, but at the same time, I can just a personal anecdote when I'm a school teacher, for those of you who don't know, I'm used to, I'm a music teacher at that. So I'm constantly running around my classroom, singing, dancing, playing with children, zipping all over the place. Um, and when we, when the pandemic started and I started doing everything online and on Zoom, you know, I, I, my laptop was on my table and I'm like hunched over and I'm like, why does my neck hurt? Why does my back hurt? I don't understand. And then I think someone, it came up on a call and it was like, oh, I can, I can prop my laptop. And it was like, I, and I know this stuff. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that's why it hurts so bad. So, you know, all that to say is that even our medical professionals, like, you know, so much, but at the same time, sometimes it takes something to bring someone, you know, someone else to bring something to your attention so that you can be like, ah, yes, I do know this. <laughs> I need to get my exactly. spine in neutral and, you know, and then you can start to make change once you're aware of it. And that's the key, education, being aware of it. Totally. All right. I think we have time for one more, Rana. So this is from our friend Carolyn, who says uh, she has a private student, a triathlete, just recovered from a collarbone fracture in dolphin. Oh, a collarbone fracture, period. I don't think she got the collarbone fraction in dolphin, but she says in dolphin, she shakes, trembles from her leg. She has no pain or discomfort and doesn't feel it's hard in her shoulders at all. She shakes so much that she has to come down before her shoulders feel anything. Looks like it's coming from her feet. We are working on them because they are super tight, can't move toes or point foot or get any real extension in her feet. I've tried the feet away, closer, with a block in the thigh, between the thighs, really hinging at the hip. She just trembles as soon as she is up there. Any ideas? I'm going to let you dive in on this one first. Sure. I'm very curious if the collarbone fracture is related to the dolphin or not. Um, the feet are whole, you know, you have two separate things here. So the question is, is which, which came, you know, like which one is the more contributing factor to the, the severe trembling? I will say the dolphin's a very challenging pose. So if this is newly challenging, then I would attribute it to the clavicle fracture. But if it's, it's hard, go ahead. <laughs> No, it's a, and that's a true, you know, I am going to assume with her being a triathlete, um, most collarbone fractures occur from a fall. I'm wondering if mm -hmm. she didn't have a bike wreck, break mm -hmm. the collarbone. I'm just totally, I broke my collarbone when I was, I don't know, maybe 10. I was on a swing set doing a back hip circle and I, my hand slipped and I went weak and broke my collarbone. My arm came across the body. It's usually that type of a fall. Mm -hmm. So, but what they do is when, well, I don't know if they still do that 40 years later, but what they would do is they would just put you in a brace. So you were in like a, like a butterfly brace where uh, you can imagine it just holds your posture because mine wasn't like a commuted, I mean, it was just a, a clean fracture, you know, that they didn't have to do any surgery pins. Right. Um, I'm guessing that's probably the case with her. Regardless, she was immobilized most likely for six weeks, maybe longer. So what happened? Now, she's a triathlete. We know she's a swimmer, so she's probably strong, but she deconditioned like crazy. Now, 
Dolphin, like Rana said, is hard as heck. It is so much shoulder work. And if you are not able to balance your weight between the feet and the shoulder girdle with that inflexibility of the feet, you know, she is probably really going into those shoulders. So Carolyn, the first thing I would wonder is, you know, post clavicle fracture, you know, how is her shoulder range of motion? You know, is she able to, you know, get those ears between the biceps, which just kind of allows you to settle into the scapula a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about the trembling legs, but I'm not sure like the legs trembling is because the legs are weak so much as that was my gut too. Yeah. So much as the shoulders are going, holy shit, I'm dying here. Um, You know, so I would want to know, do we think the leg trembling is because the upper body is just so tired that, you know, they're not to mention she can't really get good weight. You know, you know how, like, if you've noticed this, if you're in class and maybe like you're, you're, you're agitated and your, your legs start to tremble, if you just press down through the foot, it will stop. Mm-hmm. Well, with her being so tight, she's not able to really ground down through that foot. So the body, you know, could be responding to the stress through the shoulders. So what would I recommend doing? You know, one thing you could do is I would be curious if, and I don't know, Carolyn, if you're in person or not, you know, if unweighting her pelvis a little bit, whether it's with a strap, with your hands, just to see, does that take care of it? from the legs. Um, I also love to see, and I'd be curious, how is she in in down dog? You know, is it because I'd be very curious how she is in down dog compared to dolphin. Because dolphin is so much harder. So Mm -hmm. if she can do down dog well, then it's with regards to the feet, it's probably not the foot. It's probably not the foot and it's more the clavicle. Yeah. And so, you know, she's so deconditioned now because of that clavicle injury and maybe a little nerve, you know, nervous about it. That's what I was going to say. Like, especially when you've had something, the clavicle feels like it's very fragile. I, it always just like, I can't imagine if I had fractured that I would be, whether I knew it or not subconsciously, like trying to protect it. And so, you know, it could be that she's not weight bearing through the feet. I also would be curious, like, is she is she trying to put the weight elsewhere so that it's not as much, or is she bracing here? It's, there's a lot of pieces that could be, it could, some of it could be like mental, emotional too, just like protecting that space. And then you're seeing ripple effects of it elsewhere. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like she said, she's tried to put the blocks between the thighs, maybe a block between the thighs and a block between the hands. You know, we've really seen that help. If you can push, squeeze that block between the hands you start to kick on some of that lateral, you know, shoulder slash core musculature yep. a little bit better. Especially if you um, can add a little grip to it too. Like yep, you I, can grab yeah. it. It doesn't have to be like a flat palm. You can kind of like grip at it. Grab it. Yeah. And you really, it's just funny when you just the littlest things in your hands can also help the feet. You know, when we're using our hands, our brain goes to the feet. I, this always cracks me up. Do you ever do like if you're in a, you're doing some sort of ab work and you start to roll your wrist and you notice your feet start doing it too. Same thing. 
So if you really can kind of mm-hmm. grab with the hands, you know, if that can help her ground down, I love that she's working with the foot, trying to loosen mm-hmm. that up. I can imagine a triathlete just with all the pushing at the pedal, kicking at the swim, you know, and then also running, you know, running, you, you're really more on the balls, the feet, not quite getting as much range of motion to the foot and ankles. Right. I think that could help. Any other thoughts with that one, Rana? I think the only other thing that just came back into my brain was your comment about like lifting the pelvis up and using like really ensuring that that core is engaged um, to help with that just slight unweighting. So I think all the things we're talking about is to have more even weight distribution, like you said at the beginning, coming up to the peak. And so the core was just the last bit that was like, you know, and especially, um, in a triathlete, they're going to be so used to being kind of like rounded in that there may not be as much activation in the core she needs. Um, and so that would just be something that I would want to, to explore a little bit. So in in order to get that slurp. Slurp and just the absolute appreciation of how hard dolphin is. You know, so that's when, you know, I I like mouthed the word down dog when you said that, because I would be like dolphin, I don't give dolphin until people are really strong and and so especially post clavicle, you know, Mm -hmm. she's probably way more weak than she normally is. Forearm quadruped again, second time, second or third time we've mentioned it today. Forearm quadruped is a great place to like start, feel, hold in. And then slowly hover, lift the knees, bring it back down. Like I love those little hover drills out of forearm quadruped for building that strength and just like the trust that it's going to hold you again. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I think that's about it for, yeah, that's it. So thank you so much for joining us. Know that you guys can always reach out um, via, usually the best way to find us is on Instagram DM. So, you know, Laura is Laura.hyman. I am KB Williams 99. And you can reach out to Rana. I am at Rana G. At Rana G. So it's R-H-O-N-N-A-G. I always reach it as, I always read it as Rana Ag. Uh, at Ron Ag. So, Ron Ag, I love that. That's fine. Yeah. And then also at support at lityoga.com. So keep those questions coming. We are, we answer everything from f- yoga to physical therapy to just life questions. Life in general. We, yeah. We will do our best to answer those for you. So have a great rest of your day, everybody. And as always, we are pulling for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.